Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an IV Pod production. You can find us at IVPod.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. We've got an email, mail at IVPod.com. And we'd appreciate your support on Patreon. Let's begin episode 92 of the IV Alternative Podcast. Hello, Clayton. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm excited because we have a longtime friend of the show. It's been a while. Johnny Durango back on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to be back, guys. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's good to have you. I was looking I was looking back at our old show. So you you now are officially our most frequently visited guest. So congratulations. And that's by design. It's, it's yeah. always been my plan to be a podcast star without ever hosting my own podcast. Oh, cool. You, you're a non-host frequent guest. Right? That, that is the aim. Yeah. <laughs> you also have done the best read in Ivy Pod history, because if I remember right, you you did a, a, an advertisement for us one time when I was like, I wish both either of us could do that because you pulled it off and it was like <laughs> it was flawless. Did, <laughs> did it make air? Yeah, yeah, it did. No, you just read it like on the off the cuff, and I was like, nice. oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's like he's in Hollywood or something. All, all you got to do to get invited back, people. <laughs> that, well, that's how you get. Yeah, that's how you ended up on on the show again. It took what four or five years, but we got you back. Not yeah. like not like we've done a ton of episodes probably since you last were on, but well, you guys said 20, 2014, so six years. That's unbelievable. Congratulations, yeah. to you guys, for sticking around. Yeah, hey, we that's our tagline these days, longest running podcast in the Illinois Valley, because I, <laughs> I feel pretty confident we are, so got that going for us. A lot have come and gone since we started ours, too. That's that is true. And, and there's still a lot. There's a lot of popped up recently, but yeah, holy cow, a lot have come and gone. So yeah, we're tr- so thanks for joining us. Yeah, it was 2013, May 2013 you were on, and then yeah, June 2014. So man, where should we start? There's so much to start with. Uh your career has gone um, really well since then, too. Yeah, I think it looks like you got a pretty prolific IMDb page, man. Congratulations. Looks Thank good. Thank you very much. It's, yeah. uh, it's definitely headed in the right direction. I think the last time I was on with you guys, I wasn't able to talk about it yet, but I was prepping a Danny Glover movie, which I eventually went on to do, called uh, Waffle Street. I, I actually have the wiki for that pulled up, and I watched Funny. the preview. I wish I, I, I wish I had seen it before I talked to you, you know, before we did this, because it actually looked it looks pretty, pretty good, and it's like very well-received and rated and all that. It's pretty hilarious. So, yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice little film. It's um it's it's a very, you know, heartwarming story. I think it's a movie that people connected to, especially after 2008 and the collapse. And and yeah, it is based on a true story. Right. So, yeah, I I, I think I'd get a kick out of it because I kind of got wrapped up in the the, just the stories behind um, the the stock market collapse and the the all the housing crisis and everything that went into it and all the books and everything that went along with it. Um, yeah. how we arrived at that point. So I, it'd be kind of neat just to sort of see it from a different perspective, uh, from a more human side. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's about a guy who got wrapped up in the whole financial crisis and collapse and felt like he had done some things wrong, even though he didn't do anything illegal and just wanted to take a year off to reset and try to do something to to help people, to serve people. So he became a waiter at a Waffle House. And it's nice. a year in his life becoming a waiter at a Waffle House. Of course, in the movie, it's not Waffle House, but 
you know, you get the idea. Yeah. Right. Danny, he, he spoke at an event I was at like in 2002 or something like that. Is that in Bloomington? Uh, no, it was in Chicago. It was oh, a, okay. it was a, uh, a, a re- it was a conference, a park, a Illinois Park and Recreation Association conference. He gave the closing address. Really, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a nice yeah, guy. He's he spoke. He's from San Francisco, I believe. So he spoke um, heavily, you know, about the park system there and how what an effect it had on him. I don't remember, but yeah, he seemed. Yeah, he obviously um, seemed passionate, just just in general, and pretty well spoken. And he's going around and doing that kind of stuff. It was kind of it was pretty cool. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, and he's always lethal weapon fame. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I've been kind of going through a bit of an 80s phase right now. I've been watching some old 80s movies that are on Netflix with my oldest son, like going through Back to the Futures and what else were we just watching? Oh, God, I don't know. There's so many of them, but uh, I don't know what's going on with me. It must be getting nostalgic or something. Gotta, oh, we just, oh, I know what we just watched. We just watched The Naked Gun, which I was oh, just nice. like... After the movie, so there's several parts in that movie that are a little bit risque on the sexual side of things. So he's my oldest son is 12, and so I was a little bit worried about how that was going to go down. But then at the same time, I was thinking I was roughly the same age as him when I saw that movie. And after the movie was done, he was like, Dad, that was the funniest movie I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then he's really got to see two and a half because I always like two and a half the best. Yeah. Yeah, those oh. are on heavy rotation in this house. So <laughs> that, that final, that Funniest final movie I've ever seen. Wow, yeah, I'm great. Good job, John. I know. Well, I always thought. I remember when I was his age. So there was one scene in particular. I knew it was coming up. It was the one where they have safe sex and they have the human full size condoms that they're completely covered in. And I right. remember when I was young, I saw that scene and I was so confused because I didn't even understand what it all was. And then that like the mechanics said, of it all. Yeah, and then they showed that, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm kind of really curious to know what's going through his head when he saw that scene. That's too funny. <laughs> so we, we, just, we, just watched, we just watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off the other day. Oh, and cool. The, the one thing I didn't realize as a kid and growing up watching the movie, Ferris is kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, he's really not that likable. Like, no. watch the movie again. He's all about Ferris. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we yeah. were going to get on this later, but the Rewatchables podcast that Bill Simmons does, the sports guy, um, I just listened to the Bill Simmons one, like, or uh, I'm sorry, the Ferris Bueller one, like two weeks ago. So, uh, oh, yeah. wow. they, and that's it's a great podcast because they just it, you can listen to them anytime. And John, I think it'll probably come up later. You did the Back to the Future one, right? And probably oh, yeah. some others. But the that's Ferris it. one is pretty interesting too because you you kind of it, it's it's just neat hearing it from people, guys that are probably about ten years older than than uh, than us. Um, mm-hmm. So their their perspective is a little different because they were more teenagers in the eighties, and I didn't see that movie until it was probably ten years older or, or at that point, right? It came out in like eighty six. Or something like so. that. Sure. So it's yeah, it, it's a good one. But yeah, that you're right. Ferris is not only that, like, I mean, criminal too. Like, right. That's part of the charm, right? Sure. So. <laughs> oh man. Nice. Well, um, let's see here, uh, Johnny. If you don't mind, you know, since it has been such a long time since you were on, and I don't even know if we really did this when you were on before, because we we didn't know what we were doing. Um, if you don't mind, just for our wide listening audience of the Illinois Valley. Do you mind kind of giving us just kind of quick rundown of your, your background and kind of sure. coming up? Absolutely. So I, I grew up in Peru. 
my dad has a dental practice in LaSalle still to this day. Uh, attended Columbia College in Chicago, did three years there after a year at IVCC. Shout out, IVCC. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, after Columbia College, I did my final semester out here in Los Angeles, and I just said, you know, screw it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to stay out here because if I go back, I'm never coming back. So I, I stayed out here. I got really lucky, and I got an internship right out of school. I toured six weeks with Jewel on her This Way tour right out of right out of college. So my first six weeks out of college, I was on the road with Jewel on her This Way tour. After that, I came back, and I was trying to get a job at a rental house in Los Angeles. So I'd have access to camera gear because I couldn't afford my own camera gear at that time. What were you, you know? doing with Jewel? Like, what was I, your I, job? Was, I was shooting her shows. So there okay. was three of us, so we were doing like three camera coverage on her tour, and then we would do some behind-the-scenes stuff. She released, just, a, oh, she released okay. a DVD in like 2002 of her This Way tour. So you probably awesome. that online. Maybe it's out of maybe it's out of circulation. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so got to spend six weeks on a tour bus going all across North America. You know, everywhere from Florida up to Toronto. Her so. Perfect job for a guy. You know, when you were that age too. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great, but it was weird. I mean, I, I remember I had a, a compact disc player that I took with me with my headphones, and there was like two guys on the bus, and they had iPods, and I was like, what are those? <laughs> like, I, it was 2002. I had never seen an iPad or iPod, so that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, so I finished that up, came back to Los Angeles, uh, was hanging out at a rental shop where they rent camera gear because I was 22, 23 years old, and I couldn't afford to buy my own camera gear, but I wanted to be shooting. So I uh, was hanging out, hanging out, hanging out. They kept saying they were going to hire me, and they never hired me. But in the process, I met a guy who ran the cruise for one of the first TV reality dating shows called Eliminate. Okay. And sort of hit it off. What's that? That was at the daytime, like WB or Channel 9. It, it was, yeah, it was a Warner Brothers show. Yeah. And it was like rounds of it. It's on like a guy out with four girls for oh, yeah. three rounds and vice versa. That was like lunchtime television when I was in college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me as well. So I was excited to, to get a chance to uh, meet the guy who was running the cruise. And he said, you think you're ready to shoot network television? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So he's like, all right. He goes, you want to shoot for me? You're young. He says, uh, we're shooting in Vegas in two weeks. Meet me in Vegas. I'm not putting you up. I'm not paying you. You can shoot for free for me. And if we like you, then we'll hire you for one of our next tours. Oh, wow. So I found some relatives in Vegas, and I hopped in my car, and I drove up there and paid for all my own meals and everything, and I shot a fourth camera for them. And I actually did underwater for them, which was really cool, because when we were in the rental house, I saw that he had an underwater housing. And I said, well, what are you doing with that? And he said... He was going to use it on this uh, the all-star show they were doing in Vegas. I was like, oh, I shoot underwater. And that was only partially true. I was certified to scuba dive. I'd never actually <laughs> shot underwater. So he said, great. Why don't you grab that housing, too, and bring that to Vegas in two weeks when you come, and you can shoot the underwater for me. So I was like, all right, fantastic. <laughs> so I took the underwater housing and a camera, and I called up a friend who had a swimming pool, and every day for two weeks I practiced shooting underwater. And the day before I left, I got a group of friends together to come act out like an episode of Eliminate, and I just I, I shot them. You know, I had practiced for two weeks by tying wetsuits to rocks and throwing them to the bottom of the pool and just swimming around them and getting shots. And you know, it, it got me to where I needed to be to the point where when I got to Vegas, I felt comfortable doing it. So I did the underwater and a fourth camera, and they brought me on to do audio for the rest of the season. So I did audio, and then the final show, I got to shoot camera. And nice. from that that point, I met 
a producer on the show whose husband was the bureau chief at Fox News Channel, and then I started freelancing for Fox News Channel, where I <laughs> I uh, just found a check stub yesterday when I was cleaning out my stuff in shredding paper that said Michael Jackson, Santa Barbara, because I was actually in Santa Barbara shooting when Michael Jackson turned himself into the jail on child molestation charges. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, it's, it's really interesting. It's funny because I realized in my life I've had access to things that that you just don't get access to as, as a normal human being. I stood on the stage at Red Rocks in Colorado and filmed Jewel. You know, I've been to murder scenes, filming a coroner, working in an in, in investigation. You know, it's like you get access to places that you would never otherwise see or get to get to visit, which is kind of cool. Through the lens, too. right? Yeah, so you- through the lens, which is the, the show that I shot for the coroner. And I only shot two weeks on the show, but it was really weird because when you're looking through the lens, it's not real. But the second you, you take that lens away and you start thinking about it. I remember two weeks into the show, I was at a gas station pumping gas, and I, and I just kept looking around. I thought somebody was going to drive by and just shoot me because I saw the underbelly of what happens every day in areas where you live and you just don't know. So that was kind of a, that was kind of a trip. Ugh. Wow. But yeah, so I've done, Wouldn't done a be lot for of me. Stuff. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't really for me. So I, I got out of that re- reality world real early on. I think the last reality show I shot was in 2007. I shot a show for Langley Productions, the guys who do cops. Mm. And it was called Jail. It was basically Cops oh. Jail. So I spent 13 weeks of one summer uh, in two different correctional facilities, one in Passaic County, New Jersey, and one in Fresno, California. I, now, could, I could see that. I, I, I could um I could appreciate the de- like the detachment that you could experience when you're behind the camera. Cause uh, I did, I have a, a relative who d- was a, was a, an undertaker in, in Florida. And I, we were visiting him on vacation and we were staying with him. And he asked me, Oh, if I wanted to go out and do a job with him, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I've never done that before. Sure. Was uh, it Andre so- Dawson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. Andre Dawson yeah. is now an undertaker. Yeah. No, Sorry, I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, no, I didn't he owns that. a funeral home and everything. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, oh, we didn't yeah. derail oh, no, the story I was, there. Yeah. I, no, I was just going to say, I, so I helped him, you know, bury, after, set up the the funeral procession and, and bury the casket. And we did all that. And yeah. the weird thing, I going into it, I thought I was going to be really emotional about it but it was the opposite i was completely detached and it just was weird it was just like i I was just doing a job yeah i think it's the brain's way of defending you i think you have to compartmentalize it otherwise it just gets way too heavy yeah 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 but uh yeah so i i was doing stuff like that and then uh you know I, i was realizing that in the feature world you know i was not getting the kind of projects that i wanted so 2010 or so I started trying to put together projects, and I had been friends with these brothers, the Nelms brothers, for a couple of years, and they were super talented filmmakers, and they were trying to raise a budget to put a movie together, and that movie was lost on purpose. And I, I think that's the first time I came on your guys' show. We had already yep. shot the movie, put it together, and we were trying to get some finishing funds on Kickstarter, right. which actually went incredibly successfully. It, it allowed us to get that movie made. The movie – you can watch that movie on uh, Amazon. never got wide release because – the the whole trick of the business is distributors prey on indie filmmakers and you'll never see a dollar if you sell it to one of these indie distributors so we held on to the rights to the movie you know hopefully down the line someday we'll release it it'll get a little bit bigger better wider of a release you know is the plan but that movie was enough to get us notice which got the guys waffle street which was the danny glover movie we were just talking about a little earlier 
Right. And that movie where, actually. Where, where, where did that script script come from for Waffle Street? Waffle How Street they... was actually written by a woman by the name of Autumn McAlpin. And I'm not sure if James Adams, who the. It was from James Adams' book. Okay. The, the man who actually, it's his life story, had written okay. a book and she adapted it. And then the. There was a director on the project who had left the project, and they had actually met the Nelms brothers while they were on a film, a film festival circuit showing Lost on Purpose. They saw okay. Lost on Purpose, and they're like, oh, these guys know how to handle character and story. They might be perfect. So they came in and did a rewrite on the script, and we, we made the movie together, okay. which, was, nice. which was a great experience. But that movie, the best thing about that movie was the same producers on that movie liked the guys a lot and wanted to make another movie. And they said, do you have anything else? And they said, yeah, we've got this movie called Small Town Crime. And Small Town Crime could not be any more opposite of what Waffle Street is. It's just like a down and dirty indie thriller, which is, you know, up until this point, my favorite movie I've ever done. And you can you can watch that one on Netflix that came out in 2018. And it's it's a movie that I just genuinely enjoy watching, even it if I looks, had it looks pretty sweet like i i it, it's it's got good people in it um robert forster was one of them that caught my eye i was like i know that guy uh, i i enjoyed the trailer for it so i'm gonna i want to check that one out as well so. yeah forster was he was a great man he passed away last year but right i saw he, that he, yeah. i knew him from um breaking bad and then the el camino movie Just, and, and, and he jackie was in a single brown, episode I mean, he was nominated for jackie brown i didn't he, know that yeah wow. he was the bail bondsman in jackie brown he's phenomenal it's been forever since i've seen that yeah, but him and then John Hawks was the lead. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Winter's Bone. He played Jennifer Lawrence's uncle in that movie. He's fantastic. And then um, Octavia Spencer, who won the Academy Award for The Help and was nominated for Shape of Water and Hidden right. Figures. And uh, Anthony Anderson, who everybody knows. Right. So, yeah, that's it's a great movie worth checking out. A lot of fun. It's uh, not, not necessarily a family film, so I wouldn't watch it with your kids. But if you're looking for something to do later at night, one night, definitely check it out. Awesome. And it's on Netflix, too, right? Small it's definitely on Netflix. Crime. Absolutely. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, well, that's that... sort of where things went until very recently. And um, I just got back from Canada at the end of, well, mid-March, four days before everything went crazy and the world changed. Uh, yeah. I was there from December 9th to March 16th shooting a uh, Mel Gibson movie called Fat Man. Which yeah. I'm very excited about, and hopefully that comes out before the end of the year this year. Well, Should I mean, I know you, I know you can't say too much about it, but just from what I saw on Wikipedia or IMDb or wherever I saw just a brief description on it, I mean, is it kind of a Christmassy movie? Christmas? It, it comedy? definitely definitely revolves around Christmas. I would call it sort of a dark comedy, dark thriller. Okay, cool. Um, according to according to Variety, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You got to be careful with what you say, because uh, so we won't, we won't, pee, you know, push sure. too hard. But, uh, but yeah, that's it. Sounds it's got a looking through the cast. It sounds a lot. I know a lot of these guys who are on it. Yeah, um, guys and girls. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but just just for just for your audience, though, according to Variety's article, it says Fat Man is the story of a rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus who is fighting his business decline while a neglected and precocious 12-year-old hires a hitman to kill Santa after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking. <laughs> so it's about a kid who hires a hitman to kill Santa Claus. Oh, that sounds like that's right up my alley. And Santa Claus is Mel Gibson. That, that is correct. <laughs> right on. And is it like Bad Santa? <laughs> no. 
No, it's okay. not like Bad Santa. It's right. it's gonna be worth a watch. I can assure you that. Okay. It's a it's a fascinating film, and I think people are really gonna like it. Cool. Is it is it got per, or just distribution like wide release or what do you how's that look? I I actually don't know what's going on yet. They're, okay. They're still That's process. Fair. You know, That's hopefully fair. hopefully theatrical. Well, everything's kind of up in the air now too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I not mean, like. Movie that's, theaters that's, aren't exactly thriving. Nobody nobody knows what's going to be open and, you know, what the slots are going to be like. So who who knows? But, you know, it's a, it's so, a great, gr- great group of people, great set of producers. Um, I, I don't know if you know, but it was produced by David Gordon Green, who just directed The Last Halloween and Pineapple Express and Danny McBride. So it's got a lot of, a lot of interesting people involved. And it, again, uh, working with the the Nelms brothers on this one. That is, that is the Nelms and brothers. Now, is this? But I know going through some of the other movies you've done with us, is this kind of out of character for them to do a kind of a comedy movie? No, it's, it's done very before? much. It's very much in the vein of the movies they've done. So I think it'll be real interesting when when it's released. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, so it's D- Danny McBride is on as an executive producer too. So that's it, it. Wow. He He's done some crazy stuff like with HBO that um the sp- what's the show he did with the uh Eastbound uh, and Down? No, 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 newer. It was the Life Creatures. Uh, oh, oh Righteous Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Spectacular yeah. show. So, so yeah, the company his company Roughhouse Pictures is the production company on this movie. Oh, Same company that does Righteous gemstones. Hopefully, it'll get some traction then, because I don't. I, gosh, with those guys attached, you you think that it should get something? And and Mel Gibson on it, like kind of, you know, he's had a tumultuous kind of run the last ten or fifteen years or so or whatever. But uh, you know, obviously, still as big as they come, so it's unbelievable. I, I will say it was a pleasure working with him. He's just like to to look at the monitor and see Mel Gibson on there is it's a cool feeling. I bet. Well, we brought yeah. up we brought up Lethal Weapon earlier. I mean, you can, yeah. You well, can, I've now I've now completed the Lethal Weapon. I've done a movie with both of them. So that's that's yeah. Oh wow, that's true. Yeah, all I have to do is get Joe Pesci, and I got like the the Trinity. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And he's is he even acting anymore? Pesci? I don't. He was in the Irishman, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I didn't they have to like? Didn't they have to like? Didn't it take a great deal of like convincing just to get him to do another movie? I want to say it did. I, it I want to say very it, well. I mean, you may not, not, get, you may not yeah. get him. <laughs> he's not. He's not a young man. Right. Wow. Yeah. But so that's that's sort of where I'm at right now. I mean, I like I said, I was blessed that that ran literally up to four days before the quarantine shut everything down. Oh wow! Whew. You're yeah. lucky there. <laughs> were you, yeah. I mean, there were so many productions. If you look, just stopped dead in the tracks. Oh, I know that Empire, the series, shot in Chicago. People came in one day and they're like, "Yep, that's it. Sorry, I know we had eight days left to finish the entire series, but that's it. We're cut off. We're done." Wow. So, yeah. Were, how was your travel back home or anything like that? Was it? Um, did you? Was it? It was inc- or Did you have to quarantine or anything? It was incredibly pleasurable because I don't think it had quite set in with everybody yet, but it set in with enough of the travelers where I have like silver premiere status on United and. I was on the upgrade list for first class on a 787 Dreamliner with lay flat seats. And I was oh, going to wow. pay, it was like $200 to upgrade. And I was like, nah, I don't really want to upgrade, but I'm going to, I'm going to just wait it out. And one day there was like seven open seats in first class. The next day there was like 12. Then there was like 15. I was like, I'm going first class the whole way home. So exactly what happened. I, I got upgraded to a from uh, Toronto a, to LA too. Uh, yeah. From Toronto to LA. Yeah. Lay flat yeah. Dreamliner. That sounds fun. Sweet. 
It was it was pretty good. But no, I had the mask and I Cloroxed every surface. And it was weird for me because not everybody was wearing masks yet. And I felt like I was one of maybe five people I saw in the airport in Ottawa who had a mask on. But I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. You know, I've been on the road for three months. I'm just excited to get home. Last thing right. I want to do is be sick. So, Right. And your tra- traveling is just like an immune system's nightmare. So, oh, Absolutely. But this is this is really strange to me because it's now, what, uh, June 2nd? And I haven't flown since March 16th. I think this is probably the longest in the last five to ten years that I've gone without a flight. Because I'm on the road shooting all the time. Well, yeah. Have you I, enjoyed I, it? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because in in my line of work, there's there's kind of feast and famine. You know, you have ups and downs. You're in between projects. And sometimes I go a month without working, you know. So to me, it's not that incredibly different, you know, to be – sitting around but it is weird to think that you know anytime i wanted to go to the grocery store or just go out and do something like that it was a whole you got to have your mask you got to be ready you got to have your hand sanitizer don't get anywhere near me because i'm i'm a hypochondriac anyway so you should see me in the grocery store i'm like using my (laughs) cart my cart to block between like somebody comes near me and i use my cart to like wedge between me and the next person because i don't want them getting too close to me and then there's a lady who touched my handle in the grocery store one day and i almost lost it (laughs) And it was, it was just like people people don't understand. But anyway, yeah. So so that's that's the biggest difference, you know, just sitting around and not knowing when we'll go back to work. Because I, I live in a town where one of the biggest businesses is what I do, and and nobody knows yet. Wow. Nobody nobody knows when we'll go back to work and when we go back to work, what it's going to look like. You know, you're, you're in an environment where you bring together tens to hundreds of people every day. And you're constantly interacting with everybody. And one actor gets sick, you know, the production gets shut down. Who knows when the studios, what they're going to do if they get gun shy. So, yeah, I don't see it coming back very fast. Ugh. Yeah. Wish the <laughs> now that we got the pleasantries out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that that in mind, I'm going to take a brief second. I normally do it at the beginning of the show, but uh, I did mention it in the intro. We would highly appreciate everybody's support on Patreon. That's the the way to we're not doing really sponsors, although I was kind of considering doing both, you know, just because. But right now we're on Patreon. If you want to help us out, you can throw us a buck a month. And, you know, it can one dollar can go a long way. And so we'd appreciate your contribution if you would like. And if you don't want to, that's cool, too. Just maybe if anything, just give us a share or a like or a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice, because we are now on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podchaser, and iHeartRadio. Oh, and, and also now YouTube. We've got four episodes on YouTube. I've been working backwards and kind of making video versions of some of our older shows. So uh, we're on there, too. And so, yeah, lots of ways to listen and really quick shout out to our local independent podcasts and radio personalities around the Illinois Valley area. We always like to send a shout out to them. Hard Rock Radio Network for streaming Hard Rock Radio. Retro Arcade for streaming radio. My Worst Holiday Pod- Podcast. Spark of Hope Podcast. Drunken Cousins Podcast. Audio Out Sessions on YouTube. LP Lunch Club Podcast. Loose Thursday Podcast. Three The Hard Way Podcast. Guys on the Radio podcast and Edge of Your Seat podcast. A lot of these shows are due for shows. So come on, guys, get going. Um, and I think that's kind of everything I wanted to cover. Oh, really quick. And I, I, talk, tell, I told uh, Johnny 
and Clayton this before the show that I had to get this off my chest at some point during the show. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to get it out of the way. So and so I apologize to Johnny and his uh, fans who are listening to this show. Uh, but I have to we got to talk about some some small town shit here for a second. Nice. You're talking <laughs> about small, small town crime, which is available on Netflix, correct? Yeah. It's- oh, wait. Yes, of course. Of course. Of course. No, so we uh, so. Uh, it, you know, elephant in the room. We were recording this show on Tuesday, uh, June 2nd, which uh, a lot of people are recognizing as Blackout Tuesday and so in recognition of, of the Black Lives uh, Matters movement. And there was a peaceful protest in the Illinois Valley, and there was one in Streeter and one in LaSalle uh, yesterday on Monday, June 1st. And, but pr- and everything went well. Uh, but prior to the protest, uh, there was a bit of a panic that ensued due to a lot of stuff on social media, just a lot of word that was getting passed around around the area. And it led to, yeah, well, a lot of businesses shut down and early and, 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 and people were, were kind of fearful. And I have to unfortunately say that I contributed to this because I, like many people, although I would say mine was fairly tame, um, I did post something on Facebook to a local uh, communi- community page you know, that I usually check Gossip in. Gossip group. No, I don't like to call it a gossip group. It's actually, you know, I like, it's one of those, some of those pages and the one in particular that I'm, you know, that that I post to actually a lot of times has news on there before anybody else. Like, so if there's a power outage, a lot of times I'll go on there and I'll find out why, what happened before the news even reports it. So they are useful. And so anyway, I, I, I went, so I I posted a thing saying that I had heard and I'll read it because I want to be upfront about it. Um, I posted something to the effect of that there was, I heard that from people at work that there was some planned violent protesting coming in the day, and I posted this, and it kind of blew up, um, and I, and and yeah, and I'm now in retrospect, kind of wish I would not have posted. What, was your post, post. shared? Uh, it wasn't. They were not allowed to share it because of mm-hmm. I was, but people took screenshots of it and posted yeah. that. That's and what I saw. Yeah, because it made it to me through people that I didn't know knew you. Oh wow! "Wow." Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody called my my nephew uh, called my wife Amanda, and she's like, "Hey, man, Amanda, Uncle John's famous on Snapchat. He's all over the place." I'm like, "Oh shit! I'm not even on Snapchat. This can't be good." Uh, So you know, and and I'll read it real quick because I just you know I want to be upfront about this, you know, because I think it's it's a it's a teaching moment, teaching moment. So uh, I, I, here's what I wrote on Facebook. I said it was to a, a local community page. I said, I don't mean to create a panic, but someone at my work just told me they heard through a Facebook channel that people from Chicago were planning a riot looting in small towns and specifically named Peru, Ottawa, and Streeter. I apologize if I am completely off on this, but given the situation, I am taking this very serious. So, And now as I read it back, I feel even more embarrassed about it. But uh, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I want—I thought it was worth noting. I, I and I—I I, I, I throw it out there because I want to apologize to the people who put together the peaceful protest because I feel like things like this that I posted and a lot of the other ones that are out there were kind of undermined the importance of the of the rally in itself. So I do feel really bad about that, and I wanted to put that out there. But just to put things into perspective, not to give myself an excuse, but just to put things in perspective, if it wasn't obvious from the last two shows we did, I have been home 
um, taking care of four kids for like nine weeks. And, uh, you know, I'm used to working and being alone and having my space and, you know, nine weeks of constant taking care of your kids. You know, it's a good thing. We, I embraced it and I, I made the best of it. And I think we had a, we had a good experience because I, I don't think I'll ever get to do that again. But, you know, like many things, too much of a good thing can start to become a bad thing. And I was very anxious to get back to work. And at a certain point, I kind of checked out on the news because I was really sick of how the coronavirus stuff was getting reported. And I kind of checked out on the news. I was aware of what had happened uh, with with George Floyd. and um, uh, But I, I didn't understand what had happened this weekend. So I get to work Monday morning, yesterday morning. <laughs> and people, first thing, you know, I'm just getting back to work. I'm so excited. I'm just back to work. Was it your first day Monday? It was not my first day, but it was this week was my first real normal week. Like I kind of okay. checked in, checked in here and there last week, but it wasn't like a normal week. So this was my first normal week of work. And first thing I get there is everybody's talking about this. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then I go online and I see about everything that was happening in Chicago and Aurora. And, you know, I see information about a lot of these people who are getting arrested aren't even from Aurora. And then they're talking about people coming, you know, from elsewhere to start right. stuff here. And I, I, I panicked. I flat out panicked. And sure. I, I had two kids at home, you know, at the t- at that moment in time, I had two kids at home that I've been taken care of, and I was worried, and I panicked, and I I posted this thing, and and shit. <laughs> well, now I, you uh, have a plat platform to be. Uh, I think that's cool that you're you're kind of being as honest about it, though. I think most people, are like, well, what am I supposed to do, man? That's what they said. It's like, no, yeah. you're not making excuses. You're just kind of like, I I, I I don't know. I just I did I I, I screwed up. Well, and um, I think even in your post, you said you weren't 100 percent sure. Yeah, no, You're just being well, cautious. And, John, and, John you know, is always a hundred percent cautious about anything we say or you say. I mean, you post online; he's out. You always are very timid to be too. Um, I don't know how to put it, but yeah, you you never really are super decisive. Like this is going to happen. Like, <laughs> but even that, look, it's even. I think people just took that and ran with it, and that just shows yeah. how how these things can kind of get out of control. Like you but said, he, teach, teachable moment. Yeah, and you weren't the only one because, like I said, on Facebook, I saw a former classmate of mine from high school who was posting stay home because she heard that there was violence happening and that the Peru Mall was already under attack. <laughs> and, and oh, Wow. <laughs> like that well, just blew yeah. my mind. So I talked to people earlier in the day and actually probably within 30 minutes of reading that. And they're like, yeah, nothing's going on. It's all peaceful. Everything's good. So to read that the mall was under attack kind of right. kind of made well, me chuckle. Yeah, well, I mean, there there was an an an, uh, an event or a, an incident at the mall, but it was turned out to be a domestic, I believe, a domestic issue. Yeah, uh, and put but, out a press release on it, right? But um, it's just bad timing, I think, for for, yeah. say, you know, for that particular event. But anyway, yeah, I had to get that off because you know this is pretty big deal. Everybody's pretty amped up right now in the country, and uh, I don't know how we're supposed to move forward, but uh, I don't think the way I took. I don't think the way what I did and what a lot of people did by posting stuff like that was maybe the right thing to do. So, yeah, it, it messed up my grocery shopping night. I was like, I've been, <laughs> yeah, because I, I moved my night. And normally I'd go on like Sunday morning, but that was too many people. So I, I moved it to Monday night, you know, trying to get it like Johnny trying to like, all right, you know, just do it on a time when I know I can kind of get the store to myself, you know. And then all the stores closed early, so I had to go like right after work. And uh, uh, thanks, John. <laughs> Did yeah. you guys have any sort of curfew at all? No, no. Okay. 
No, it's just yeah, I no. mean, like you, you heard, like Rudy's in at like you know uh, the high V closed at five. I think yeah. a lot of the uh, Walmart closed at five uh, or early. I don't know exactly what time, but most of the businesses closed early. Home Depot boarded up. I think Menards, like they were, like everybody was kind of preparing for the worst. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't, there was a zero incident from what I understand, and, and everything went off well, which it makes me happy. I mean, this is a good area, and, and there's, I, I think people here are pretty understanding, and, and um, you know, I, ho- I hope maybe this will lead to some positive change. Um, I, I sure hope so. Kind of bring bring this country together a little bit because it's it's worth sorely need it. So, well, I uh, thought you know the 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 coronavirus would kind of bring people together, and then this happens, and it's uh, right back to where we were. Yeah, hopefully not square one. We'll see. I mean, out out here, it's been absolutely crazy. We've been under a quarantine the last three or four days, and the last two days in Santa Monica, the quarantine. I said quarantine curfew. Sorry, we've been under right, curfew right. the last three or four days, and the curfew in Santa Monica, the last two days, has been two p.m. So you have to be oh, back wow. in your house at two p.m. So there's no grocery shopping. There's no doing anything in Santa Monica after two p.m. because they were they were ravaged on Saturday by looters and. Rioters, not the protesters, because it's it's unbelievable how great and honest and peaceful the protesters have been. It's these people trailing in behind the protesters, and and you can see it out here for real that it's not the protesters. It's it's other people who are just looking to enrich themselves and take right. away and, from a cause. And, and that's what scared me is is that aspect of it when you're reading about those people, and you know I I think I. I don't know if I who I said this to. It was maybe it was uh, one of the comments. Uh, maybe I had, I don't know who I was talking to. But I was like, you know, hey, if Clayton, if you're, you know, if I heard on Facebook, you know, that uh, somebody's coming to your house to cause trouble, um, even if I didn't fully know and didn't have time to look into it, I'd call you and let you know, uh, just because I think you'd want to know. And but uh, that's kind of wh- how I approached it, you know. But sure, it's. Ugh. I, I was skeptical from the beginning, but I, there was definitely a p- part in the back of my head that was like, oh, I better, this better not be true. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that's and, just insane. Well, I'll oh, give my you one, God. one reason to be skeptical. 2020. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, all bets are off, man. Yeah. Like, no, nothing makes sense anymore. No. no. Yeah. Like, like what said, we thought, I'm just yeah. waiting for that super eruption. Which I hope I'm not stealing from your other story. Maybe I'll let no, John jump uh, right. No, jump get, right into it. Please, you, you probably have documentation in front of you. Why don't, why don't you lead in the story and then I'll chime in? <laughs> no, I uh, actually I don't. I'm not prepared. But I mean, I I, re- I remember the story. I mean, there was just I believe it was May 30th that uh, Yellowstone National Park had recorded uh, 11 m- mini earthquakes. In one day, in one 24-hour period, and and they've been and and in the course of the month, I I don't know if this is the right number. I want to say it was over a hundred micro earthquakes just in a month. I mean, there's a lot of seismic activity going on around Yellowstone Park, uh, and if you're for you know Yellowstone with the geysers, that is a super volcano. I mean, underneath there, I mean, it's just lots and lots of magma. Ready to go at some point. I believe it was 650,000 years ago it blew up. And if that thing blows again, or it will blow again at some point. I mean, it's not a if, it's when. Uh, it will blow up. It will change the Earth as we know it. And it will really change the United States and, and the North America when that happens. I mean, that's not speculation. It will happen at some point. So when you see some seismic activity going on there, it's uh, you get a little nervous. <laughs> it's probably from fracking right 
Uh, oh yeah, sure. No, no, no. no. Frack. They don't do that anymore because oil's free. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I feel. I feel like maybe that's something we're going to say for 2021. Though. I mean, you got to up 2020, and I mean, I think that's what it's going to take, isn't it? Right. I think you're you're probably onto something with that. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Johnny? I, I, you think you think it's going to blow? <laughs> Not right now. I mean, if it were going to happen, it would if be gonna, this year. If it's going to happen, it's going to be like the I said. I'm going to open they're, my they're most, most joke expensive. The shark. Yeah, I'm going to open my most expensive bottle of whiskey and just laugh because what what do you do at that point? Oh man! Yeah, it's like somebody's sending us a message. I think. Yeah, exactly. I do have to ask you guys though. Did did you guys like uh, come up with anything cool during quarantine, or you know, get any new hobbies or anything like that? No, I, I wanted to, um, but I did get a lot of projects done around the house. Yeah. So me too. I guess that was cool. Did a lot of did a lot of yard work, landscaping, and built a small fence. Nice. So that that yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was technically a challenging fence too, right, John? It was because it was in an area with a shitload of utilities, like all over the place. One every almost every one foot there was utility. I mean, there was a reason there wasn't a fence that in that wow. location in the first place, and uh, and it was one of those. It was a challenge, but I got it. So How it was, long did that take you? It took a it took a day. It took okay. a whole day. Nice. Yeah. I, I uh, my wife is telling people she's like, yeah, you know, with with no baseball, he's just getting all kinds of stuff done. <laughs> like, <laughs> Who, my wife saying well, that? No, no, mine. Stephanie. She's she's just like, yeah, he's just. Knocking one thing out after the next. Just don't <laughs> now, really watch TV anymore. <laughs> like, was it, was it you that I found out gets gets in trouble with playing video games for the same amount of time that it would be watching a baseball game? Well, Is that that, I think you must have listened to an episode because I think <laughs> I said That's that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was just like, I gotta pass the time somehow. It's like a rainy Saturday, and I'm right. playing the show. Um, and I didn't even, I, I like sort of was actually uh, someone right when quarantine started. Uh, you know, Mike Maher, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great guy. He's like, yeah. dude, I left it. I left something in your mailbox. I was like, and it was a copy of the show, the new baseball oh, game nice. for this year, PS4. And it's like, and I was just like, what a, that's why I love that guy. And, and so I, 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 you know, I started playing it, you know, and I, I haven't, it's been a minute since I played video games. It's probably been six years or so, six or seven years. Um, I'm just probably, I don't know, you have a few kids and just whatever. And, but, um, yeah, and she's like, and she's just like, like looking down at me. I'm like, hey, like just relax. Like <laughs> the Cubs are on six or seven days a week, three plus hours every day, and I can watch it with impunity. Like, don't even know it's fine. But I, God forbid, I sit down for an hour on a Sunday when it's <laughs> raining outside. She kind of just backed off at that point. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I think if it weren't for Madden football, I'd have an Academy Award already. Like literally, I, I've got in my ten thousand hours. I think I'm an expert at this point. Oh, nice! It's it's really bad. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to like, uh, you know, dose myself off of it during quarantine, but it, it hasn't happened yet. John and I you? tried tried doing that to see if we could put the post like a, a for video for our podcast if he could record a live game and post. Oh, funny! But we just didn't talk much when we played. Is that kind no, of the gist? We just we were just yeah we weren't used to doing it. And we just hung out and played. And and, you guys are both PS4? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I'm Xbox. Mm. Uh, that's a bummer. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I do have to say, though, with, with this quarantine, I've I've realized that I'm a very skilled barber. 
Like, oh, have, good. I'll have to send you guys pictures because I've been doing I've been doing hair this whole time. I've cut mine about four or five times. I've cut my nephews. I've cut my brother-in-law's hair. Getting really good. Nice. Awesome. Hey, so I, I got to say, you do have a great head of hair. Well, thank you very much. I don't mean to kiss your ass, but <laughs> well, I, my, I, I it totally let mine go. Like I gotta, I gotta. It's either I'm going full ponytail or I gotta shave it off. Really? So, yeah. I mean, I don't have. It's gonna be a minute till I get a ponytail, wow. but like, uh, it's getting, it's getting super. I, I was getting real, real short for a while. Is kind of the cut I was using. So now it's like probably like two or three inches in the back and starting okay. to actually look okay for being a longish hair. You know, it's that so, middle stage that always yeah. gets everybody. Yeah. That's for me. Yeah, especially I got a you know pretty pretty good receding hairline and so once it gets to a certain length my hair starts to look dumb so i just i just gotta cut it my wife buzzed mine well it was crazy because i for some reason had a set of barber shears and i already had clippers so all i did was order a set of thinning shears online and i'm like i'm set like top to bottom i'm I'm doing hair oh it's crazy i might i might start a barbershop slash distillery after this is all over (laughs) nice my my great grandpa was a barber at the um what's the hilton hotel in downtown chicago um the one that like Capone would have stayed at. It's a it's a, a classic Hilton. Ah shit! Yeah. Like Art decoy. Um But it, it, he he was a the the ah. It's gonna come out here in a minute. But yeah, he was a barber then. He you know very well could have cut Al Capone's hair. You oh, know with a, or, or even gave him a shave. You know with the straight yeah. knife, uh, with a straight razor or whatever. But yeah, that's that. Wow. Did you watch any YouTube videos or anything like that? Yeah. Any yeah. any hobbies? You know, I uh, I did watch one video just to to reassure myself I was doing it right. And my wife went to school with a woman who owns a beauty shop, and so I sent her a picture of what I've done and said, "What do you think I can do to clean this up to make this line a little less defined?" Because I go pretty tight on my sides, and then you know taper it up. And uh, it was the thinning shears that made all the difference because I didn't okay. have all the attachments. Are, are those the scissors that don't cut all the hairs? Exactly. They're the ones that okay. have like a, like a, almost like a comb on one side and a blade on the other side. And so they, they take out some of the fullness, but they also taper. Like if you want to make your lines blended, perfect. I'll send you guys – I don't know if you guys have show notes or anything. I'll send you guys a picture of my hair when this is over. Awesome. <laughs> Something to be proud of, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got I to gotta get one skill. I, like I said, I did a little bit of Photoshop, too. I, I learned Photoshop and Lightroom a little bit better during this thing. If you, if you look at my Instagram page, Johnny Durango on Instagram, I've uh, I put up a couple pictures. There's one uh, self-portrait that I did, which is a double exposure of myself, which I really like, and another one of my wife, which I thought was pretty cool. And then a couple of her boxing, too, because my wife actually fought in her first fight back in December. I saw, I that. saw that. I wanted That's to ask awesome. about that. Yeah. How is that watching your wife fight? So it's crazy because I shot a hype video for her, which I think is also on Instagram. And uh, I was all into it. She's been doing it since I met her. But she's never actually fought a fight. So I was like, this is going to be cool. She's going to just, like, kill the other girl. It's going to be amazing. And then I watched her spar one day. And she took some punches. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. And so I was a little more on guard when she went into the fight but i was like this is still gonna be good you know the girl was 15 years younger than my wife which was crazy so i think at least 15 anyway so she comes out and she's just swinging and she kind of rocked my wife the first round like she went crazy throwing punches but then the next two rounds my wife just buckled down and just outworked her like she was a much my wife was a much more skilled boxer than this girl and she won in a uh, two to one decision and Funny enough, the two of the judges, one of the judges was Jane the Virgin from the TV show. Um, I can't think of her name right now. 
But the other judge was Peter Berg, the director who did like Friday Night Lights and oh. uh, The Rundown and you know Battleship, all these big movies. He actually owns the gym. But yeah, it was it was a really cool. interesting thing to watch her and then to wait for the decision and then to see her reaction when she won. Like she, I can promise you, she was not that excited the day we got married. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty amazing. The the video's on Vimeo too. It's it's Sarah Tillman versus oh, I'd have to look up the girl's name, but it was it was a good fight. Definitely worth the watch. Excellent. That's great. It was the Palmer House Hilton. I had to Okay, there you go. Up. Yeah. I didn't know the Palmer House was a Hilton. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a Hilton hotel. They must have bought it. It's but at the time I think when it was built it was kind of ahead of its time, you know, or whatever. Sure. But yeah, he was he, he was a barber back in the day, apparently. So that's I thought awesome. that was so maybe I have a maybe that's something I should have looked into. I should yeah, probably try to chop my own hair. <laughs> exactly. If it's, if it's long enough, go like midway, and if you don't like it, then go get it fixed. I'm just happy like I still like have hair. Like <laughs> it's a good well, problem you, to have. Well, here, Johnny, you just turned forty, right? Yep. Oh, uh, any advice? Because I mine's right around the corner, man. Yeah, next <laughs> month, right? Or no, August. Yeah, August fifteenth. Okay, well, hopefully you get to have a 40th birthday party. I, I didn't get to have the 40th birthday party. Uh, oh, it's actually shit. really weird. I was I was actually up in Canada. We were mid-shoot at that point, so I spent all day on, on my birthday shooting uh, an action scene. I don't was, think you're uh, going to ask was, for was a pretty cool, gift, but, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I was on set with Walton Goggins that day, and it was cool. it was pretty cool. So, so when you oh, came, yeah. uh, so, there was no parties, though. Well, that was, that was just it. I was planning on having a party when I got home and I got home and everybody was on lockdown. So my 40th birthday, very unceremonious. I'm hoping to have like a a redo at some point, you know, maybe I'll do a, uh, a 40th birthday party at your guys. 100th show. Since I'm the, uh, most requested guest. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I was, you know, it's odd though. I mean, you, you had mentioned before that possibly, you know, November might be a good time. I mean, that's yeah. that's right there, right around our 100th episode. So, Well, if the reason I was telling you happens, I, I would definitely come to Peru because I'd, I'd like my parents to see that. So, yeah, if that happens, uh, let's let's do it. Awesome. That would be fun. That Getting would... another bottle of Pappy. You want him to be uh, there? <laughs> yeah, I would love that. That's uh, yeah. That was that was also my plan. I was gonna open that bottle of Pappy on my 40th birthday in Canada, but then I read a regulation. Even if you check a bottle in your luggage on the way back out of Canada, if it's open, they can pull it out of your luggage. And I'm like, there's no way I'm putting a 12 year bottle of Pappy in yeah, my luggage and risk having it. it pulled out. Yeah. Some Something. ass wiped like TSA guys. Like, whoa, yoink! Best day of his year. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't fall. Uh, no. Makes sense. <sighs> I had a couple random questions I had thrown on the dock. If you don't mind uh, me throwing them at you, let's do it. So, I, I, so we have a. I see them all over. Uh, one of these days, we'll have them on our show. There's a guy named Matt Klein here who's in the uh, Illinois yeah. Valley. He does a lot of. Uh, he's a local young filmmaker. He's but he does a lot of drone filming, I believe. I'm I was just kind of super kinda, familiar with his work because I've, oh, I've okay. seen his stuff on Facebook and it blows me away. Like I actually reached out to him out of the blue because I was so impressed with what he's doing. Like there's like a lot of guys who fly drone and there's a lot of guys who fly drone half ass and his work is not. His work is really good. So oh, if I were ever cool. shooting a movie in the Illinois Valley, I would definitely have him do my drone work if that's nice. a, a testament to anything. So keep that up the good of- work, Matt Klein. Yeah, I was curious your thoughts on that. I was just wondering if that's something you had ever uh, had gotten into or 
uh, had done any new types because you had mentioned scuba scuba filming before. Yeah. If there was any other types of new types of filming you have done over the last uh, since we last talked you to you. No, there, there's a lot of drone work, and sadly, I have not had a whole lot on the projects I've done. It's just generally time or budgetary constraints. So well, I have done a whole lot. I did a short film uh, about two years ago where I actually flew a drone myself and did a couple of shots, which was kind of cool. But most of the time, you you hire and you know, an FAA certified drone pilot who comes out and flies the drone. There's a pilot, there's oh. an operator, and yeah, you have to have a whole a license through the FAA, I believe. Oh wow, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, to actually legally do it. Oh <laughs> sure, sure. Right, right, right. There's a lot of people who probably do it, but if you're on a film production, you you have to have that license and you have to be insured, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that have to be checked off before you ever walk on the set with a drone. So, hmm. total aside, but I just saw this literally in the News Tribune here. Uh, a couple days ago, there was a little blurb saying that Tom Cruise was got clearance to go to the International Space Station and film a movie. I saw that. That's Did you see that? Absolutely incredible. If there's anybody who's going to do it, it's Tom Cruise, because God but, bless that guy. Like, yeah, he does everything. He, well, from what I heard, they shut down Top Gun 2 for a while so that he could get trained to fly the plane himself. What? Like, yeah. So he flew that helicopter in that Mission Impossible scene a couple of years ago where he was dropping into a canyon and doing things that like only, you know, guys who've been flying helicopters for decades do. Apparently wow. the guy is just really talented at the things he does. And I've never actually heard a bad word about the guy from anybody who's worked with him. Everybody says he's very intense and he's very serious about what he does. But it's it's incredible. The guy's going to go to space and film. Like, get oh, out of here. Yeah. That's that's awesome. I know. I saw that. and I'm like, oh. If Johnny could get to be the guy who filmed that, that would be the coolest. I would love to go to space with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Things that I never thought I would say out loud. <laughs> who wouldn't? Well, in 2020, you know, anything's possible. Anything's that possible. is true. <laughs> that is true. Right. I, hey, I might work with, uh, oh, jeez, uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah, right. you never know. My, my brain just broke to. on that. Oh, man. Uh. So I, you know, one thing I was wondering, you know, kind of running through some of these things I put on here. I mean, you know, when we talked to you last, Kickstarter was what you were, you know, promoting to help fund the movie. Right. Is, is, is that still something you ever use or now you're, how do you finance the movies now? You know, what has changed? It's it's really interesting. So there's so many different ways to fund a movie. A lot of times, you know, you'll get an outside investor, or there'll be a studio or something like that. But uh, not too long ago... James Lafferty was the star of One Tree Hill and Stephen Coletti, who was from Laguna Beach and One Tree Hill. They had an idea for a series called Everyone is Doing Great. And I came on board as an executive producer along with the Nelms Brothers. I also shot it, but they raised, I think, a quarter million dollars on uh, Indiegogo to oh, fund okay. this show. Yeah. So we took that money and brought in outside investors and we shot the first season of a show, which is... Uh, currently in the process of being sold so hopefully that'll be on a streaming service sometime soon as well what's so, the name in, of that, that show it's called everyone is doing great okay i feel and, like i've uh, heard something about that somewhere that name really sounds familiar yeah it's it's a pretty cool series it's about two actors who were on like a vampire diaries type show and had huge success for you know several seasons and then the show goes off the air and everybody knows who they are and everybody thinks their life must be so great but they're not able to regain that same level of fame and you know they're like anybody else they want 
to better themselves and have a better life and do better things and they're just not getting the traction so it's kind of like what their life is like in that process mm. so you mentioned before the the distribution on some of the indie films can be i think challenging you know for uh, sure so, so is is do the big names like netflix and amazon all those do they play well with the indie films uh, from what I know, I, Waffle Street was with Netflix for a while. It, it was on there for two or three years, and uh, Small Town Crime is on there now, and I'm sure at some point Fat Man will be on there. You know, Net- Netflix and Hulu and all of those sites are all they're all fantastic. I mean, who doesn't have a subscription to them or some of them at this point? You know, I think you guys were talking. Was it you guys were talking about about like people have up to three of those, or was that another podcast? I'm thinking. Yeah, of? yeah, yeah. It was probably yeah. Okay, it was us. At least me, I know. Yeah, so we're rich with television. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where it's it used to just be the studios, but now those guys are studios themselves, and they have as much money as anybody. The, you know, the, the amount of content that they put out is incredible. It, it's ridiculous. Which I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with this lull because of uh, coronavirus, with productions being down for as long as they are. How much back content they have before they start to run into some problems. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. We All came right. up with a movie idea earlier this year, John. Remember? No. The the what fly that the human fly guy that the, the the news story that we shared from a hundred years ago. Oh an, yeah. On an episode we recorded in like January or something, and we were just we were kind of desperate for topics, and you pulled that stuff from the times. Got, uh, that episode got an unusually large number of hits. <laughs> like a lot of people downloaded that episode. Well, nice. that, that was way above average. Uh, it was, so, I, and I was like. So something about that old timey news much a must have struck a chord with so, people. I don't know if you listen to this one, Johnny, but there was a guy in a hundred years ago in Streeter, there was a guy that was known for climbing tall structures. Okay. And he the news story is spectacular. So they, they and the way it's written is spectacular. It, it's it's so great. <laughs> and this guy, he he there was a new like what, four story or five, six story building or something being built in Streeter. Okay. And upon its completion, he was going to he was gonna climb it freehand. And they he he you know he talked to some people and they told him not to do it because it was gonna be too cold. It was gonna be too cold out and he'd 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 his hands would get cold and he wouldn't be able to feel his fingers or whatever. So hmm. um and his he had children, and his wife had died from the Spanish flu. Oh that, man! Like it was earlier that year, so relevant to now. So like when we were talking about it, like we we were like, haha, uh, whatever Spanish flu. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was well before all this happened. <laughs> wow. So he 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 goes and he they he goes and he 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 decides he's going to do the climb, and he ends up falling and dying like oh, on man. the spot. Actually, he died in the hospital like that night because he had like internal bleeding or whatever. But like right. they had, there was a band there playing, like a, a big, like an, like a like a big like a big band, like a tubas and shit. And they were like playing as, and then he fell and like the splat, the band stopped. And oh then, man! And they like you know probably I imagine he made some noises and whatnot. And then they you know at that time I don't know if they they hooked him onto a horse and. You know, he just died in the hospital later that night. But I figured uh, just around that whole idea of a guy who just some weirdly is obsessed with climbing buildings around that time. The the story felt like a dark comedy to me when I I read it. Well, and I'm I'm thinking in the Illinois Valley a hundred years ago, what what was the biggest thing he climbed? Split Rock? Like, where'd you get your practice? Yeah. 
I don't know. He, but he was known for being, he was called the human fly. Like, that was his thing. Like, he was right. like a stunt man. Like, that was his, like, thing. And, like, his poor wife died. He's, he's got these kids, and still this guy, I don't know, on a 40-degree day decides <laughs> to climb this courthouse or whatever the hell it was in Streeter. And I don't know. If you read the story, it would crack me up. But either way, we got to get a script on this. I, I think that's great. I mean, I involved. feel like he may have won the first Darwin Award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I was that was one of my questions. When you're when are you going to shoot a movie here? You know, so uh, I know, would love to shoot a movie there. I, I actually came back one time and took some pictures for a location scout for a movie. I was trying to get back there. Um, but it actually feeds into something else that I saw that you had sent me in, in one of your questions that I that you had written down. And a lot of it has to do with incentives and where you can go because of crew and where you get where you save on things like I just yeah, did a movie in a- Canada. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a question. I was one. Yeah, I was wondering. Like, yeah, you hear about you know production getting moved. Like the maybe, what jumped out at me was like the bat, well, the Christopher Nolan Batman movie that was shot in Chicago. Right. But then the, the sequel to it was shot in like India or I forget where it was Pittsburgh. shot. Pittsburgh. I, I like, think oh, they shot in Pittsburgh for part of that. So I was just like, well, why did they move the production? I mean, what 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 goes into those decisions? And the- yeah, a lot of it is tax incentives, and sometimes there's only a certain amount of money allotted in the tax incentive. Like I just did a movie in Canada, and I believe there was a certain percentage of the labor that was covered by you know the government. So it's and it's, it's like they're all tough. incredibly they're all incredibly different whether they cover labor or whether they like your spends like your overall spends like a certain percent like maybe 30 percent of everything you spend is refunded to you by the government so that money gets pulled back into your budget so you're making you know 10 million dollar movie and you get a 30 percent break now you're making like a 13 million dollar movie if my math's right there somebody correct me if it's not but you know that's why that's why people do that well it's like a multiplier for the town that it's in too like it it, well, exactly. It's completely, it's completely worth it for them to do that because that yeah. all that money goes into pillow tax and they're getting majority of that money back and whatever yeah. else is spent just yeah, goes into people's pocket in the local economy, especially yeah. hiring the local labor and you're renting hotel rooms for all the cast and crew and you're renting vehicles in that town, you're renting locations in that town. You know, it is it's a big boon for the economy locally. So that's why they do it. But a lot of times there's a cap on what they'll do, and that's why people will jump around. You know, Atlanta is huge. Um, New Orleans and um, New Orleans and New Mexico were real big for a while. Um, yeah, so that's it's why Breaking Bad was filmed there, right? Exactly. That, that's the story I heard I'm, I'm because sure. it was supposed to be shot in like up by San Francisco in like San Jose or something because that was where all the meth was getting done, and they, <laughs> right. they just moved the story to San Jose or or New Mexico. I'm sorry because it was. It was convenient and cheaper. Yep. And for AMC, it was just made sense financially to, to do it there. And that, that happens all the time. AMC was now in a war with Universal. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have read that or seen that. No. no. Uh, us. Universal released On Demand, it, which was supposed to be theatrical Trolls World Tour. And it did like $100 million in the first two weeks. And that pissed AMC off, and AMC said, we will no longer carry Universal titles. So AMC, as of this day, right now, is no longer showing movies made by Universal. Wow. Yeah, well, and their entire it, theater chain. It, oh, yeah, AMC, that's, the that's, movie. Yeah, that's what uh, we have the here movie theaters. in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to see Universal title, it will not be carried at the local theater if they do not come to some resolution. Wow. So that's and really that's the same as the channel. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess I didn't make that connection. I should have. Yep, but that's it's a real it's a wild wild west right now because 
they don't really know if people want to go back to theaters in this this coronavirus pandemic right. shutdown is really going to show whether people go back out to theaters after or not. I mean, you might see a completely different structure because VOD seems to do really well. People are really comfortable watching their content at home again. You know, we paid twenty five bucks for the Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> I I own that shit, so he nice. wants to come uh, watch it. How uh, paid how the big... extra five bucks? So. What's what's I, the extra five bucks? See so you. Oh, do you have a you a permanent copy of it? Oh, so you nice. can watch it whenever you want. So All right, that for, sounds like a deal. Spent twenty bucks anyway. Right. Yeah. In, in in the in the world of like, to go to a movie is whew, way yeah. more than that. Way well, the, more. The real so. question is how is how is Will Forte as Shaggy? I I didn't. I only saw part of it. I so far <laughs> my my daughter loved it thoroughly. So. We haven't done a second viewing yet, which my wife was pretty disappointed about. So she feels like we got scammed a little. But I'm sure at some point maybe we'll watch it again. I mean, you do own it. You paid the extra five dollars. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't pay that much, but we did the uh, like the five ninety nine Amazon rental for Sonic. And uh, we had so we had it for they give you two days or something. two days. We watched it three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's Jim Carrey, right? Yeah, am I kidding? My, my, no, I mean it was fun. It was a fun movie, you know. It's a, it is what it is, right? But it's no, it's all fun. you can ask for. It's Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. It's 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 fun. There's well, some and, great. And you know the whole controversy around that movie, right? No, about the first trailer was released, and oh, people, with the, oh yeah, they had to yeah. change the edit. Yeah, well, yeah, they, I'm they, glad they did. Well, it, it's shocking to me that they responded that well to the outcry from people saying how terrible Sonic looked, and they went back because that's that's not an easy process to go back. I would and imagine that was a very expensive change. Uh, yeah. So, so they, what was the yeah, issue? They, they they released a trailer and they what they tried to make Sonic sort of realistic looking yeah. instead of making him look like the car the the video game character. And it it they was just kind of scary to be completely. It was honest. creepy. Yeah, yeah, it was creepy. So they changed it to now decision. he, and now yeah. he looks like the video game character, and 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 it works. And so yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad they made the change too. But so, yeah, yeah, I feel like I need to come out and do a movie segment with you guys from time to time. Yeah. We talk about movies quite a bit, actually. Like, it kind of it kind of it it links in with a lot of what we talk about, which is just sort of we we everybody's like content consumers. Like we do right. podcasts, we do music, we do. Um, books and you know everything else so like yeah we'd love to have you on like man, regular awesome. we'll do we'll do the johnny segment man i, I like it um i'm back <laughs> whenever you guys want me um and on one final thing speaking of podcast have you guys listened to wind to change change uh, I, I actually had that in the notes oh nice I, I just started i just started listening to it this week like As uh, did I'm, I. On the, I'm on the third episode well, why, don't, why don't you uh enlighten john here clayton about it so, yeah what's that so the Scorpions, uh, the band Scorpions, uh, they're German. Um, they have a song called "Wind of Change." Uh, you would absolutely really, know it if you heard it. Yeah. Okay. I, I could whistle it. I don't know if I should. You actually could whistle it because <laughs> <laughs> there is whistling. It's, it starts <laughs> okay. off with a very good whistle. Um, and and it was a song. It was during the Cold War era in the eighties, and and Scorpions was sort of like a hair metal heyday. And they're German, um, West German, and they the, the song "Wind of Change" was kind of they believe may have been written by the CIA. So um, this is what the it's like an eight part episode uh, episodic thing on it's on Spotify only uh, yep. podcast. Um, 
And it, it's all about just this one song that they think the CIA maybe have was penned, even though it's a German band. And it, they think it helped kind of make uh, like kind of shut down the old Soviet Union. And, and <laughs> it, yeah, it sort of coincided with the um, the demolishing of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, right. Right. And it was released in 1990, I believe, the, the track. But uh, just, John, so oh, okay. you know, Scorp- Scorpions did uh, Rock You Like a Hurricane. That was, was probably that? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, one of their biggest hits. Yeah, it was 1990, I believe. That's funny That's you nice. bring that up. Did Who sent that to you? How did you hear about it? So there's there's another podcast that I've been on, uh, the Cinematography Podcast, and the host Ben Rock and I we trade podcasts back and forth. And he was like, you got to you got to listen to this When to Change one, because he had he had given me Dirty John a couple of years ago, which I absolutely loved. If you guys have never listened to Dirty John, well, that became a, like a lifetime thing, right? It did, it did. Yeah, but listen to the podcast because it. it's okay. riveting. And then uh, after that. I found To Live and Die in L.A., which is still probably my favorite podcast I've ever listened to. If you guys haven't listened to that one, it's it's about a young girl who's living in Los Angeles, and she disappears, and like off of Hollywood Boulevard, just just gone. And it's it's all about what happened to her. It's the guy. I'm trying to think of the 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 guy's name. I'll, I'll have to look it up. What's the it's name about, of it? What's the name it, of it? Again? It's called To Live and Die in L.A. But it's basically him and a private detective trying to piece together what happened to her and running an investigation simultaneously with the police and the stuff they uncover, undercover, (laughs) the stuff they uncover is sort of happening in real time as they're recording it. So it's fascinating because you're getting it as they're getting it. And it's just it's it's pretty incredible. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I got got really excited about that. No, I I love it. Um, I'm I'm, thinking like that. The. Yeah, we we do good pod talk on this. So we're, well, we, you know, think, we, you know, we might as well jump right into it. I mean, you guys have already segued into it. So, I mean, is there any other? With this would be our thing of the week podcast. Uh, you know, our thing of the week segment of the podcast. What other shows, things are you guys doing these recently? Uh, podcasts, binging any series or any specific video games? Anything new well, other than wind, the wind of change? The the one thing I, I uh, speaking of pod news was the the deal Rogan signed with Spotify. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, one hundred million, yeah. Wow, <laughs> but that's just they're guessing that's what it is too. Oh not, really? Yeah, that's just that's just speculation. I think it was like I kind of wow. went back and checked the article. It's like, and he just kept holding out. They're like they kept trying to get him to put his show on Spotify, and he's like, Nah, nah, I'm good, I'm good. I don't need to do all that. And then they finally were like. How about if we give you this amount of money to be exclusive and he signed the deal? Wow. It's bonkers. Um, so the wind of change is also only on Spotify, right, Johnny? So like, No, I actually listened to it. I think it's on iTunes now as well. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I think it was originally only on Spotify, but I think it's on iTunes as well now. I feel like I feel like I saw um like a little article about, about this. What, you don't know how you feel about what? Oh, that well, deal? Well, like Rogan going exclusive to just one uh, network or one. Yeah, it doesn't really kind of go with his vibe uh, that he's usually pushing. Uh, so that was a little bit different for him. But, hey, you know, show me the money. I mean, if they threw down all that money, how can he turn it down? Right. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about it, too. It's like it's it's fine. Yeah, you're right, John. Like it's it's on. Uh, it's definitely on, <laughs> on iTunes. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. 
yeah. if you're if you're looking for a good Rogan episode to listen to, you should listen to the time he had Mel Gibson on. It's fascinating. I thought, oh, that, we've listened that to episode it. is actually still to this day. My my dad has got a autoimmune disease, and ever since listening to that episode where he talked about his father and the life changing, um, of, you know, he had this uh, stem cell. Uh, yep, stem cells. He had to go down to like Mexico or somewhere, or I forget where oh, he had man. to go. It was like it was like it was somewhere in Central America, I think. Yeah, he Costa had to Rica, go maybe. somewhere down there to get this procedure. Or it's not even a procedure; it's like infusions, I think. But they're like these stem cell infusions, and they specifically target autoimmune diseases. And and it's it took him, his dad, from being in like a wheelchair to being normal again. And I his my 90, dad, ninety plus year old father, yeah. Right. Amazing. So it's like I listen to that and what my dad's going through right now. It's like, God dang it. I, well, I wish they come up. I hope something like this could help my dad. I was like, all I could think about. Yeah, that was a good episode. Really good episode. Yeah. I think it might have been Panama. I just looked it up. Okay. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, like ever since I heard that, I was like, I think I tore my shoulder at one point. I was like, I'm, I'm thinking of where I could use stem cells. I'm like, yeah. I'm to go. You know? So it's interesting, and they do it. That that whole thing was about umbilical stem cells. So it's not even you know fetal stem cells, right? Because right. they said the fetal stem cells actually end up causing lumping together and causing cancer, but the umbilical stem cells actually seem to work. And it's illegal in the United States, I think, because of the, uh, well, I think it got the the umbilical got st- lumped in with everything else, which I, I forget the whole story behind that. It's, but it's a lot of drama around that, right? Yeah. yeah yes. It's, but uh, God, it okay. sounds not to that is a good light one. of it. No, no, yeah. that is a good one. I, I really enjoyed that episode too. It was it was fascinating, and I should have I should have asked him about it next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope you get well, it next time, man. You and me both. I think uh, let's hope this movie gets a sequel. I think it's going to be good. I think people are going to like it. Oh, I'm excited. I um I I, I you know Clayton turned me onto the rewatchable, so I've been listening to some of those podcasts. Uh, there was a recent Planet Money about. Uh, small town uh, internet fight, which was oh, it I just listened came to that out. over the weekend. Painting my really front good. porch. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then like Netflix, I just discovered. I think you should leave sketch comedy show. I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, and you, I finally watched the Last Dance. That is a good one. Did you get through it? I did get through it. Although towards nice. the end, I was like kind of like the last couple episodes. Like I knew, kind of was kind of teetered out on it a little bit because I knew right. where it was all going. Um, but, uh, yeah, I still enjoyed it. It was nice to relive those old memories. Mm-hmm. Have you guys, yeah. uh, have you guys checked out business wars? Yes. No. So the podcast. Yes. The podcast. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I listened to a, a series. I think it was eight parts. It was Starbucks versus Duncan. And it's nice. all about the formation of Dunkin donuts and the formation of Starbucks. And it's just really, really interesting to see where they came from and how they became what they were, and then how, like, I don't know that most people even think of Starbucks and Dunkin' as direct competitors, but in the space, they're pretty head-to-head, which is interesting. Okay. I, I really enjoyed the Southwest Southwest Airlines one. Is there is there one in there? I'll have to take a look at oh, that. Oh, yeah, the, the guy that started Southwest, South, Southwest Airlines is like a total maverick, like, should be applauded. I, like I met it, him, because I've done a bunch of... Did you of, really? Yeah, he passed away a couple years ago, but yeah. I, I've done a lot of work for Southwest Airlines, and I... Is, was his name Bud? Uh, no, what was his first name? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I was in the lobby at Southwest headquarters down at Love Field, and everybody got real excited for a minute, and I guess he didn't come in very often, but he and his wife, I think it was, were in the lobby, so I met him. Didn't even realize who he was at the time, but yeah. 
It's a, it's a really good business war. Speaking of that podcast, I enjoyed that one thoroughly. They did a Nintendo one. They did. I, I see a Nintendo a versus Sony. Yeah, yep. I, really? Yeah, oh, that's biz- That's business wars. I'm it's called business yeah. wars. Yeah, they're like pseudo scripted, kind of like you kind of get little it like sort of based on fact. Well, that, that's what I that's what I like about them because they sort of retell it from a, almost a first person point of view. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of adds a little theater to it. So yep. for like podcasts, it's like kind of counter to what we oftentimes listen to, which is like third hand kind of account of, well, this is what we think happened. This is like actual like dialogue almost. So yeah. it kind of it, it's interesting. And like how how like Southwest got their FAA license just to fly outside of Texas. And, and they always sort of like that's why they're at mid because of the, the right amendment. It, right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, I'm assuming you're right, but <laughs> I'm I'm gonna um, just go with I'm right. I don't even I, know. I think I think you are, but <laughs> it, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I've listened to a bunch of those actually. So yeah, like Adidas versus Nike. Oh yeah, I listened to that one as well. Yeah, oh, there's cool. a for John. There's a WWF versus WCW. Oh, that'd be fun. And they go by quick too, right? They're only like yeah. what, 30, 35 minutes or something like that. Yeah, they're like twenty five to twenty seven minutes. That's what I was going to tell you, Clayton. That's one of the reasons why I kind of caught on and 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 I've enjoyed rewatchables. Is it's like I like they kind of speak my language because there's so many sports. Even though it's a movie podcast, there's so many sports and WWE references. It's like I just like the way they just compare <laughs> movies to sports things and even wrestling things. Like, well, that's awesome. Bill Simmons, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fun. Herb Keller was the. Uh, I believe Herb Keller. That's it. That's it. Bud was way off. So speaking, (laughs) well, Bud, it sounds like a Texas guy, man. I'll give you right. Um, Speaking of Bill Simmons and and WWE, the Undertaker episode of uh, just his the Bill Simmons podcast was spectacular. Did you did you enjoy that, John? I haven't listened to it yet. No. Oh my god. Uh, We'll talk about it on our next episode. But yeah, mark that one down. Like that guy because he's he's uh, and John obviously he's buried someone. He knows what it's like to be an Undertaker. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, but that that uh, episode like he he is he stuck to his character for so long. He didn't do any social media. He stayed out of the public eye. He just let his character do the work on the, you know, the show on the, you know, whatever the WWE. So he's finally kind of breaking out and kind of getting into retirement life and trying to like put himself out there to try to, you know, remain profitable. And he, he is a very interesting character. Like his stories about like some of the matches and the insight into like what he went through was crazy. Like, Bill Simmons talks about like running into him in a bathroom in Vegas at like three in the morning. And it's just like the, like just an, from an anecdote standpoint, it's hilarious. Cause he's just like, you know, the undertaker's what, like six, eight or six, nine. And, sure, and yeah, Bill Simmons like runs into him. He's playing blackjack drunk in Vegas. Like, and, and like, in the Undertaker's like, yeah, I was probably staggering too. Like, I was probably sure I was swaying at the urinal, you know. And it was just <laughs> funny the way they they had their interaction and the way they talked, and um, definitely worth your time. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. It, it, I mean, even if you're not a wrestling fan, and I'm not really, like, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with them, and I remember like Brother Love and all that stuff back in the day, but like. Yeah. Uh, I missed a lot of the stuff when they talk about it now. I'm like, oh man, I almost like kind of want to go back and watch it. Nice. I will definitely listen to that before our next show. Yeah. Give give me your review. I have to, uh, you know, I 
we always talk about, you know, any video games we're playing. You already mentioned some that you guys were playing earlier. Uh, I'm still playing Brawlhalla with my uh, with my son, but so there's been a, a recent, you know, pop in the world of VR on the PlayStation. Uh, they mm-hmm. had the I, Iron Man demo, which uh, I've been looking forward to for a while. I, I figured that it was going to make me sick, and somehow, just the demo, I'm really anxious for the game because somehow. Every game that I played on VR has made me sick where you move around a lot. And uh, somehow Iron Man, they figured it out where you nice. fly, you're flying in the suit and you don't get sick. I don't know how they did it, but it's it's really awesome. If you have a PlayStation VR, uh, check out the free demo for Iron Man. And then Gorn is this. So one of my favorite games on the PlayStation is Broforce. It's a it's a very Contra-esque game, and but you can play four players. It's, it's a great co-op, you know. Uh, sit down couch co-op game where you it's can like sit a side scrolling thing side scrolling yeah old school old school wow. graphics well the people who made that game made this game called gorn g-o-r-n and they just released a vr version of it it's it's like you're in a gladiator so you just you're just picking up weapons and and destroying people it's gruesome it's really gory but it's like cartoony at the same time so it's it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but i had to bring it up because we had uh uh, some f- friends of ours were over, and we were talking about video games. And I'm yelling a- like across the room, and, and like my the- my kids were right next to me, and and um, the the mom of another kid was with us. And I I yelled over to her, I was like, "Hey, you guys really got to try out the the new VR Gorn. You know, my kids have been playing it. <laughs> my kids have been playing it, and it's really fun." And she's like, "What? What?" She just looked at me like this really stink eye. She gave me the stink eye. I'm like, yeah, it's really fun. You should try it out. If you, We could go try it right now. <laughs> and she's like looking at me. What did you the say? The last about? time they were ever allowed at your house. <laughs> yeah, she thought I said VR, VR porn. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, I just had to bring that up. Gorn. Now, Gorn with a G. <laughs> what I can't believe is that you had people over your house. Right. I'm, I'm like three months without having seen people. Well, well, uh, we've got a unique scenario where uh, some friends of ours, my wife and the, you know, um, my wife and the moms work together. So they are constantly together. Got it. Uh, we're close contact. And then the kids go to the same daycare. So we felt like we were OK. That makes sense. Yeah, we broke yeah, the rules. You're not well. You're not exactly risking at that point. Yeah, that's how we felt. So we yeah. did. We did a Wouldn't social distancing risk. gathering a, like a couple weeks back, and it went okay. Yeah, I, I think the furthest out there I've got is I threw a football around with a buddy at the park. Wow. Nice. While, while wearing an N, that while wearing an N95. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. nice. Well, like I, 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 and I, like in LaSalle County, I mean, the the caseload is actually still pretty good. Like it's 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 remained pretty steady, and and like a lot of the cases are tied to a few places, and and like uh, Marseilles and uh, the old folks' home, and I don't know, man. Like it doesn't seem as it's it's not as scary out in, in Illinois. Let me tell you, wow. really a, a small caseload and no looting. I think I need to come visit the Illinois Valley again soon. Hey, that's come what on we, over. Yeah, we talk frequently. Like, I was like, well, I'm glad I don't live in a city. <laughs> Houses are cheap. <laughs> no, I really was. I was looking forward to the next time. I, 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 I was hoping the next time we talked to you was going to be just sit down 
somehow where we could sit down and all have a have a beer together or that sort of thing. So maybe, hopefully, the next time we do we'll, this, we'll make we, it happen. I'll show up with a bottle of whiskey and we'll we'll talk uh, spirits too. Well, I I'm a little scared to do that, but <laughs> just do do one or two and then that'll be good. Bring your water yeah. with you. It'll be all I, right. I can promise you it'll be your highest downloaded podcast of all time by the time you're done. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so it'll be I, worth I, it. I, yeah. Exactly. Yes, I, uh, yeah, but uh, shout out to the My Worst Holiday podcast, other local podcasts. Some of his early episodes, he did that where he was drinking whiskey during the episode. And by the end of the episode, boy, was he sloppy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so funny. It's so funny. But uh, that's awesome. that is hilarious. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? I think we've covered most think, of everything we wanted to talk about. I think that's it. Hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully I come back and talk to you guys either this summer or in November, which would be even even better. And hopefully we'll have more to talk about then. Sounds I good agree. to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah sounds- we, we'll get to episode 100 as long as that that volcano doesn't erupt. Right, right. Yeah. I hope. All right. Well, hey, well, while while you know while we close things out here, uh, Johnny, you got anything you want to plug? I mean, we've talked about the movie coming up that you know, we'll hope to hear more information. Please tell everybody where they can find you and or anything else you'd like you can, to plug. You can find me on social media at Johnny Durango on Instagram, Johnny Durango on Facebook, and you can find me at johnnydurango.com. That's D-E-R-A-N-G-O. Perfect. Nice. And he's given haircuts, I hear. Actually, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I'll set up a little booth at your 100th, uh, 100th show where I cut people's <laughs> hair live on air. Oh, yeah, sure. I love it. Why not? I like how I've, right. I've roped myself into your hundredth show. Like I'm a regular part of the show. I I, I like where we're going. Isn't is that a strategy, like a Hollywood <laughs> strategy for getting more airplay? It, it's the same way I got Doug Kamarsik to donate right. money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Doug. Maybe I'll let my hair grow until then, and then <laughs> I'll let you cut it. I think that's awesome. And and by the way, after we wrap up here, I got a great Mike Maher story for off the air. Okay. Oh, Everybody good. has one of those. <laughs> Please, so send in your best Mike Maher stories for next episode. <laughs> this is the best hang. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just one more time, everybody support. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we would appreciate your support. Uh, shout out to all our local independent podcasts, radio personalities. We you can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And yeah, you know, give us a share, give us a five star review, something. We appreciate it. And and again, I am sorry for you know shutting down the county. So, uh, good job, job. Yeah, no problem. Hey, so, you're a concerned citizen, and and that's it was coming from a good place. It was. So don't beat yourself up, man. Okay. You're a good, good guy. All right. All right. Well, uh, Johnny, thanks so much for coming on the show. Great talking yeah, to you guys you. as always. Thanks All everyone right. for listening too. Adios, everybody.